Nate Kessner, you're on the vet. I'm so excited, dude. I've been chasing you for a little while now. We finally hooked up. What's up, buddy? I know. Not much, man. My schedule's been busy. I, <laughs> I felt like I've been blowing you off forever. I, I've been letting you down like that dad that's just disappointed. <laughs> just for weeks, been busy. You're super cop out there, man. Come on. I know you're busy. Yeah, that's what it is. It's hard to, it's hard to get, um, get lined up, man, and especially when you know, life's got you. you know? tell, me, tell, me a little bit about, tell me a little bit about how life's been going, man. It's been, I don't know, a couple years now since we've seen each other, but we've definitely been texting and keeping in touch. Yeah, dude, it's crazy how fast time flies. I mean, it's been four years now since I've been out uh, of the whole core. Um, but it, it's it's just crazy how fast life moves and kids and, you know, your career and just, you know, I mean, shit, dude, I feel like I'm, I feel old and I'm almost, you know, 28, almost 30. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's crazy. And talking to my old man and, but life's good, man. Just kicking it, working. Where's old man? Old, staying, on, staying on track. Your old man my old man, yeah, he's PA, right. Yeah, my whole my whole family's back in uh, PA. I don't have anybody out here other than my daughter and my girlfriend right now. So that's where you grew up, right, Pennsylvania? That's where you got recruited out of the whole deal. Oh yeah, born and raised, state college, PA. Uh, everything back there was either you go to college and become a jock and go back to your hometown and do nothing the rest of your life, or you go to the military. <laughs> you <laughs> like, know, and, I feel like there's been movies made like that. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. That right um, Remember that movie? What movie? All the Right Moves. It's like a time. I've never seen that one. It's, he's like in I've that, never seen that. Like, I think he works in Pennsylvania. He's like working in like a, a mine or a steel plant or some shit. He's like a football player. Oh, like, no shit. <laughs> it's a Tom Cruise movie, bro. It's like early. Uh, I don't know. I'm dating myself, dude. Sorry. No, you're good. I just watched uh, Top Gun the other night, dude. Never seen Classic. It. Never seen it. You're done, dude. I swear to God, I've said it to so we many need, people. So we, like, we I need told, to end. <laughs> I told like some of the key part, and you know I'm a movie guy. You know I love movies. Yeah, and I'm movie. A, yeah, movie. <laughs> and like I've, I've seen like some of the critical parts, but I I can legitimately say I don't recall ever seeing that movie start to finish. But I have been to the house in Miramar, so everyone can fuck off. Oh, really? Well, that counts. That kind of counts. <laughs> that beats any kind of movie date. <laughs> yeah, I need to go back and I need to go back and watch it though because they're going to release this new one. This new Top Gun's coming. Oh, is there is there another one coming out? Or you, I mean, I guess, yeah. Damn, that's the thing, dude. They do Hopefully these movies. It's, it's gonna be hard to it's gonna be hard to top the first one, man. Yeah, they do these movies in the '80s, and then when these guys are like 55 plus, then they come and do the reboot. You know what I mean? That's like that's straight out of Stallone's playbook, right? Tom Cruise is all over that, right? Yeah, I mean, well, what about, it works out. I mean, but you you're a big hunter, right? Did you did you get all that stuff in Pennsylvania or what? Is that where it all started for you? Yeah, that's where it all started. Um, I mean. Shit. I started shooting at 22, which was my grandfather's. I was probably eight years old, uh, eight or nine, as soon as I could hold one. And my dad trusted me shooting beer cans out in the backyard. Nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I started hunting back then and still doing it. It sucks out here in California, but well, you know, real I make it work. Well, yeah, man. I mean, the lead free ammo bullshit they got going on now and just mm. it's so over hunted. It's ridiculous. Like they don't have public lands like they do back in the East coast. And I mean, they have them, but they're just, I mean, you can't walk a hundred yards without seeing somebody or, you know, and the game's all over hunted and stuff, but yeah. Well, you were, I noticed, I remember right before we spent a lot of time on night shifts, you were looking at getting those turkeys, man. The turkey. Oh yeah. I still, I still do them, dude. And I actually, uh, I killed my biggest turkey out here in yeah. California. 
I think I remember. Two. Yeah, it had uh, four beards on it. Yeah. Four beards? <laughs> yeah, four. Isn't that weird? He's just, smoke. Weird. He's just old man. They just keep getting them as they get older? I guess. That's yeah, cool. I don't know if it's like a genetic thing or what, but I think the older they are, like they just grow like extra ones. That's why I was thinking about you the other day, not too long ago. I was in Florida um, on like a military, it, uh, it's called Shades of Green. It's like a military thing. And, uh, dude, all, uh-huh. all these hens, all these big ass, like Florida turkeys were wandering around. And obviously like, they don't give a fuck. Like they're protected. Worst thing, yeah. they, they run into like a gator, but a couple of them were bearded. So like these bearded hens went rolling by dude, like a whole big yeah. pack of them. I'm like, man, I'd, kids would be lighting these fuckers up. They <laughs> taste good, man. Yeah. We spent some time watching some of those videos, man. Like <laughs> watching dudes knock turkey heads off with like arrows. That's insane. Oh yeah, I do remember showing you that. That, that. Yeah, that is wild. That's like a crazy shot with a bow, dude. I don't care who you are. Yeah, they make special broadheads, so they have like longer uh, blades and stuff that can nick them and stuff. But yeah, it's they're a tough animal to kill. That's for sure. They're not just a uh, go out and shoot something, go home. Yeah, you know, you got to hit them in certain in the head and stuff. But that's why I like it, man. There's nothing ch- more challenging than calling something in, and you know. Yeah, so a lot of folks bow hunt out here it's way it's way tougher on them a lot of a lot of hunting is like uh i noticed like after talking with you and stuff hunting out here in utah is very much like a uh a lot of these guys are like super connected to it and they want the challenge they're not just out trying to you know some of them fill freezers or whatever and and that's all good i respect that too but they don't just like not all of them like knock off a giant buck just because you know they want to yeah want to hunt it they want to stalk it they want to um you know, they want the challenge to call them in, to talk to it and all that stuff. And it's, yeah, uh, no, let's talk. No, you're right. And the, the, the train out here is, you know, built for that kind of hunting, stalking and yeah. spot and stock and, you know, making a more of a traditional hunt, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause on the East coast, it's all, you know, thick timber and branches and leaves and stuff. You can't just sneak around. And so it is a different style of hunting that I've been, you know, learning since i've been here and it, it is more challenging but it, but like you said it's more rewarding at the end of the day once you get that thing so uh, i'm hoping, I'm hoping yeah. to, i've been telling you for a long time it's something i've been wanting to get into i think i'm finally close or ready um dude you're in a good state too oh for sure for you guys have mountain lions out there right yeah we definitely have them can you hunt them i i think you can i'm not a hundred you know i'm not a hundred percent sure how to do it there's like um some of these like once in a lifetime hunts and shit where you put in for lotteries and all that stuff and like you know, um, I'm not sure how you go about being able to access a mountain lion hunt, but yeah, they, um, they're here. I don't think they're, they're maybe not as yeah. abundant as like a place like uh, California, but it's possible for sure. They have sheep and all that shit. Out yeah. There. Well, we're, we're not even allowed to hunt them out here, man. Oh, really? I can't even, possess, I can't even possess one. I can't go to your backyard and shoot one and bring it back to California. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Be, so it's pretty, not pretty strict. Yeah. Oh yeah. They are overpopulated, right? Yeah, they're overpop- yeah, overpopulated. They, you know, kill all the deer. They kill I mean they're a huge predator. You know, they're stealthy, they're quiet, they kill everything, but um that's what you get when you have uh, certain kinds of voters. <laughs> California? Yeah. Yeah, when you live in the most liberal state. So tell me tell recap like uh your Marine Corps process and just kinda how you wound up in and how you how you met me and your career, if you will. And then we'll talk about how you wound up in California. Yeah. So my ultimate goal is I was in high school and they started this new program, you know, starting your career. What do you want to do in life? And, 
And back in PA, police officers make damn good money. You know, they show you these charts with all these uh, jobs and, you know, how much money you can make and the education you would need. And, and I picked law enforcement. So I was like, well, shit, they make shit ton of money. They help people. They get to play with guns and shit, which I like to do and shoot. And, you know, not every day you're sitting in front of a computer or an office chair. You get, you know, I mean, my office chair to my car, you know? Yeah. So um, I had two options to get to that goal. <laughs> it's either... Uh, the military or college. And I said earlier, is like, there's no way I'm doing college because I just hated school at the time. Uh, so I met a recruiter and basically just picked the Marine Corps because they're the most badass uniforms. And I mean, <laughs> you only hear good things about the Marines, really. You don't hear much bad things because they know how to hide it under the rug. <laughs> but uh, totally agree. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know what it is. They have the best uniforms, XYZ. And I was a big meathead back then. So, uh, yeah, ended up in the Marine Corps. Uh, loved it. I can't say I loved all of it, but most of it I did like. Uh, I mean, I grew up watching military movies, being a World War II buff, and uh, you know, just being in the whole GI Joe, you know, yeah. frame. And I had that build, you know, tall, skinny, you know. Yeah, you're you're decent. You know. You've always been yeah. a big dude. You filled out looks like quite a bit too. Are you hard in the gym? Yeah. Uh, I don't hit it too hard anymore. I hit it hard. Like when I was in the military and when I got out a little bit, I hit it hard, but I, I had an injury in my back. So I just, I shut it down for the most part. Um, you know, I don't really care how much weight I can move. It's just, if I'm healthy and Mm -hmm. in shape and can beat anybody up that tries to fight me, you know, that's all I care about. Um, but yeah, so went to the Marine Corps, went to MP school in, uh, Fort Leonard Wood where I met you picked you up i remember the first 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 day i met you i'm standing in front of you and i think you had a big old can of uh copenhagen and you're spitting in a bottle up outside of uh what was her name walsh walsh that's aren't walsh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's probably like a commandant by now but um yeah, sorry, no, no. <laughs> oh really yeah real good uh, uh standing outside your office and i remember you standing like six inches away from me, just looking up into me, spitting into your bottle. And you said, you're pretty big, Kistner. You got really blue eyes. It makes me want to go for a swim in them. <laughs> I'll never forget that shit. Uh, but yeah. Um, so did that whole gig. And then... Uh, Dude, you were quiet at MP school, man. Like, I, I, I remembered you. And like, when I got yeah. there, we were stationed together. I remembered you. But like, you were pretty easy breezy, bro. Like, you just kind of went with it, huh? Yeah. I didn't like... I don't... I, I just... I was just trying to do my time and get out kind of thing. You know, I was there for the the training, the experience. I wasn't trying to get in trouble or, you know, guys are going to parties and doing stupid shit on weekends. And I wasn't real into that stuff. I was just there to do what I had to do and kind of leave. And, yeah. you know, I wanted to, I wanted to get that honorable discharge and yeah. I knew it was a, uh, it was going to be a learning experience and I just try to keep my head down and stay on that path. But, uh, and it worked out for me in the long run. I mean, HMX one came along. Can't say it's the best decision I ever made in my life for my goals, but I mean, there's not many people that can say, you know, yeah. they did what we did. You know, I mean, I yeah, tell people sure. out here and they're like, I would just, I would tell you that like, um, I mean, no matter what decision you made, you would have been phenomenal at all of it, you know, but you know, yeah. I mean, dude, I mean, it's hard. It's a hard, it's, it sucks when you guys get offered that at the schoolhouse because it's a tough decision to, to, to grapple with, you know? Um, yeah for sure because you, you kind of um, you sort of know what you're getting into but it's, it's it is uh don't make no mistake man it's definitely um prestigious you know 
Yeah, absolutely. I talked to, it's just a different kind of military. You know, people ask me, you know, oh, you're in the military, you're in the Marine Corps. I was like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, oh, did you deploy? Or, you know, do you ever get shot at? And it's like, no, I never got shot at or anything like that. A, I did a little bit of a different detail and they're like, oh, okay. And then they end up asking me what I did. And then it turns into a, oh, wow. So you got to meet the president and, you know, a different aspect. And not many people can say, you know, they've done that. So that's one thing I'm very uh, happy that I had the opportunity to do that kind of stuff. Because I'll never be able to do it again, you know, unless I get some. Do you know you how know, many trips you want those? By chance, do you know how many you did? Oh, shit, man. I have no idea. You're probably well. 70, 100, 100, 200. I bet. What's that? How many? What do you think? Probably 70 or more? Uh, yeah. I think when I was getting out, I counted them just to have for my little mental notebook. I never made like a digital copy to remember for days like this when, you know, a couple years down the road. But I think it was it was close to 100, a little over 100, I think. Because right when I got there, it was during Obama's re-election, 6'5". You're six five. Obama was what, like six three? Yeah, Maybe. six two, six how three. Many, how many ceremonial guards did you do? Do you know? Like with him? No. You did a few with him coming off the aircraft. I'm sure though. Right? Oh yeah, I did. I mean, I did a shit ton. Yeah. You're probably one of the only dudes that could like actually look him in the in the eye though. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. He was a. Tall, oh yeah. He was like a tall motherfucker, and like most of our ceremonial yeah, yeah. guards, I remember were kind of small, but not your fucking big ass. Like you're. Yeah. Dude, six five it's no joke, bro. That's that's tall. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knew when I was out there. And it was funny because like most of our your crew chiefs are aren't that big of guys either. You know, they're uh, well, smaller I think frame by, guys. Yeah, that's by design, isn't it? I don't know what their height uh is. I I don't know, but I don't just think they're allowed to be but, super tall. Yeah, I've I don't think I've ever seen one over six foot, to be yeah. honest with you. No, it, yeah. and if they are, it'd be like it'd be like uh super rare or just one of those like random occurrences. Some of the some of those comms dudes that they had were were tall but that was different like because those guys yeah. have like a they don't have like a model body type or whatever i would say you got it yeah. you had to have been with with maybe i don't know if ganaway if you remember ganaway i don't remember if he ever did any yeah. guard but he maybe was as tall as you right but i don't think yeah he was he was i don't think anybody was as was taller than you and did that duty no not that i know i mean i remember so i did I did a i did a uh trip you know, I never got to do ceremonial guard, but I did a trip in Chicago and, and I finally like locked eyes with Obama and like, he uh -huh. looked out, you know, he's so damn tall. Like he would look out over everybody. And like, I, yeah. I felt like I had a moment with him, but you know, he's so damn tall. <laughs> he was probably looking right over me. Cause I'm like, I'm five yeah. and a half on a good day. You know what I mean? He was probably just, a little right. Crazy. But yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a picture of you uh, out in front of that aircraft like that. Cause that'd be, I'd what? like to see that. I'll, I'll give you a little uh, teaser. Uh, I may or may not be on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I'm look that up. Cause yeah, man, I, that's one thing I will say. Most of my events, I, I was on the news a lot. You know, Obama lands in wherever, and I you don't know, it'd be like on the news. And my thing is, like, I'm surprised because I think I, I would have thought maybe they wouldn't want to see like this giant, giant fucking dude, like, because they try to prop him up. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's make no mistake about it. Like, I definitely yeah. feel like the media tries to prop these guys up a little bit, like. And, you know, they try to make uh, Trump look look kind of short and fat. That fucker's six three two, man. He's tall as fuck for, you know, he doesn't look yeah. that at all. But, yeah, it's interesting, dude. Like, um, yeah, man, I, man, fucking 70-some trips, though. That's a lot. You, you hit that uh, re-election cycle, though, huh? Yeah, as soon as we hit the, hit, hit the unit, dude, it was, like, prime time. I, I even think they, like, expedited our clearances a little bit because we were had to, in, like, had to three to four months, you know, as soon as we hit the, hit the ground there. and. Uh, 
I mean, as soon as we got him, it was like a race, you know, I think like Lopez got his before me and uh, Flint and it was like, damn, man, you know, and they, like next week they're gone, you know, they're going somewhere. And that was a slick class, huh? I set some studs out there, didn't I? Who was? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was you, it was Flint, it was Lopez, uh, yeah, Clark. Park. Who else? And me. I think that was it. It was awesome. just four of us. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Huh. You, you, you probably talk- sent more. Oh, I sent a ton, but I'm saying out of that one class, that was quite a bit. You guys were rock stars, though. That, I remember your class was pretty solid, too. Yeah. You guys were – You guys. That were, was a fu- you know. yeah, it was a pretty good class. We all got together pretty well. Who'd you have? It was uh, me and Garza then, right, probably? Yeah. Yeah. That was a good class. You guys were awesome. I rem- I, yeah, I remember yeah. that as well. Damn. I definitely remember it, dude, going to the range and – yeah, so that that's funny. Fun a lot of guys, a lot of guys would go to. I mean, it's. I think it speaks a little bit to how HMX changed. But I remember before before I went to the schoolhouse as an instructor, um, I met some HMX one guys, and they were like, "Yeah, we don't." You know, they were coming to a field unit, and I had just got back from Iraq, so I'm like, "What the fuck do they teach you guys? Like nothing? Like do they not do shit?" And like, I don't know what it was right. like. I'm sure like during election season, training was tough, but you always maintained like a pretty high level of proficiency and it seemed like you were tactically aware regardless of whatever training we did yeah dude i don't know the personal thing or just natural yeah like i i try not to talk about it or like let my mouth do the talking i let my target do the talking is what i like to tell a lot of my peers because it's like you can talk the talk but if you can't walk the walk you know it's a different story Mm -hmm. and it's just one of those things man i think since i was a kid it's just my dad teaching me the fundamentals of firearms and starting at such a young age. And, um, it was weird, man. The first time I ever even shot a pistol was with you. And, uh, um, what was his last name? The guy that passed, uh, Palston. Yeah. Curtis. Yeah. Curtis. Yeah. I mean, I remember him telling me like, you know, how to hold it. That's the first time I even touched a pistol. And I I think I shot second or first, first or second in the class or some shit. I don't remember. You've always been. yeah. And like this last year, man, I was out, I got injured and I didn't shoot for like seven or eight months. And we have a, we call it a bullseye call. It's just a, you know, your regular circle, the old school Marine Corps call. I think that's what we used to do. Yeah. Just a circle, right? That, it's called the FBI call or whatever. Yeah. Just or, shooting or, at the black ring. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I, like it. I had to recall before I went back and hit the streets and dude, I freaking go out there and shot like a fucking 284 <laughs> out of 300. I haven't shot my gun in eight months. And it's just like, even the instructors are like, yo, what the fuck is up with you? You like cheating or what? And it's just like, I, you know, it's not that perishable or something, or it's just, I don't know. It's one of those things I'm. Yeah. For a lot of people, it is man. naturally gifted, you know? And it's, I'm not like a, I'm not personally like I'm okay with a pistol. I think I'm, I'm fairly quick. Um, yeah. I'll put rounds in like a decent spot and I'll hurt you, but I'm not like, yeah. I'm not nuts. And I've actually shot next to you in one of those. I can't remember what that qual was. And I don't know if you were trying extra hard or not, but you were nuts. Dude. Like I was like, you were fast and on target. And like, I mean, I, I, I tell everyone now, like I run a certain type of gun now because I'm, I'm fatter, I'm slower. You know what I mean? Like I don't uh-huh. train as much. Like I'm honest about who I am, what I'm capable of. And, uh, right. but like, yeah, I remember shooting next to you and I was like, holy shit. Like this motherfucker like, is on it, man. <laughs> Means business. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, and again, I, I mean, I don't know, dude, I don't know if, you were trying extra hard probably not but dude you were i remember you were keyholing and i don't even remember like what um what fucking string of fire we were shooting 
it's definitely like holstered and some of the newer stuff that was coming out. I don't even know if it was like approved thing or not, but yeah, one of the last times I shot with you guys, but yeah, dude, it was, you're pretty money, man. Pretty money. Uh, it, it transferred, it transferred over too, man. I mean, with my PD, it's like I, I shot top of the whole PD the last two, three years. And this last year they actually shoulder tapped me and sent me to a firearms instructor course. And now I'm, I'm not officially on paper a firearms instructor, but they're, I mean, tomorrow I'm going to be up there all day, you know, staffing the range to helping them out and, yeah. um, in the pipeline become the, you know, the next instructor just because, I mean, they saw my scores. I was, you know, doing good. And it's like, why not? You know, you're definitely. You know? I, think, I feel like you're definitely somebody who can transfer knowledge. Not everybody can teach. A lot of people can do, but not everybody can teach. You know? Well, yeah, man. And it, it, what I, appreciate them look i don't know if they looked at it as this aspect but it's like i'm a newer cop I, you know i got going on four years now and a younger guy and our range staff they're all older vets you know they have 10 15 plus years in law enforcement and then they're instructing your entry-level cop fresh out of the academy you know how to shoot a gun and it's like they don't learn as well or they're more intimidated by that vet cop because it's, you know, he's more intimidating. He has more of a role in the department compared to me. You know, I had guys come up to me, just, I, I talked to a guy, he was on my team last rotation. So last November, December timeframe. And he's like, dude, you haven't even taught me anything at the range, physically at the range, but just you talking to me and telling me stuff to like work on my shooting has gone tremendously better. You know, and he's like, and I feel like I can come up and approach you and you not hold it like as a grudge or as ammo against me to like, oh, you know, you're a shitty shooter. Like, and I told him, I was like, yeah, man, this is one of the things I picked up from you. It's like, you're only as good as your weakest link and I'm there to make that impact on you. And if you can fucking hate me for everything, yeah, everything in the world, but if you like me for being able to pull your gun out of your holster and shoot it, that's all I care about, you know, because one thing I learned in law enforcement is like, if that fucking thing comes out, you know, you mean business, you know, it's not a, it's not a, just a training tool, which it felt like in the Marine Corps, it was just a training tool and something for show more or less, you know, I mean, obviously it was there for a reason, but yeah, I drew my weapon one time as a patrolman in the Marine Corps and uh, a lot of people were almost like offended by it. Yeah. I was getting stabbed. Like what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I don't even really care to talk about it. Tell me about, um, so tell me about like the transition from the Marine Corps being an MP, um, finding, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I feel like you got into the Academy relatively quickly, but what was like that transition, like going from MP to Academy to cop? Uh, what, what are they like? How was it? How'd they treat you? That kind of stuff. Uh, they treated me pretty well. It was actually the biggest, the hardest thing for me transitioning from the military to, civilian law enforcement was the the laws and knowing people's rights and knowing you know how to search people because that's not stuff you really learn in the military because in the military you don't have many rights and i mean the unit i was in also you know i didn't we didn't really focus on you know people's fourth amendment rights and uh things you can say and not say you know and uh that's one thing we didn't really learn in hmx so it's like getting out and in the academy that's the most i struggled with but everything to your defensive tactics firearms you know physical fitness uh uniform stuff i mean the uniform stuff was on point for me because like i knew all these little tricks that nobody else didn't you know and they were just coming to class looking like a bag of ass and they didn't even know what shirt stays were and you know <laughs> well, <laughs> so people don't wear those yeah the uh i actually was the um 
lieutenant, which is like the, whatever the Marine Corps was the guide or yeah. class, you know, president or whatever you want to call it. I was the guy like in charge of the class. Um, just because I, you know, was able to keep people squared away and, yeah. you know, I was the only one that really knew how to march. You know, you had a few, you know, reserve army guys, nobody like real serious in my class that was active duty or anything like that. So I was like the only one that had any type of military experience, which was the biggest like benefit of all going into the academy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it wasn't too bad. It was it was stressful. I'll say that. I mean, you know, you got a lot of bookwork stuff. And yeah, I would imagine small. the bookwork stuff is way more intense, right? Because way more. Because like, I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie. Like, there's there's like a lot of leeway with the UCMJ. You know what I'm saying? Like, most of our yeah. doesn't wind up in like a trial by courts martial. It just doesn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where damn near everything you do has the potential to reach a real court. So I mean. Oh yeah, and not only that, like you're you know, you're putting your life on the line, you know, not only, you know, a, I mean, you're taking somebody's rights away from them, you yeah. know, what gives you that right, you know, to take right. somebody else's rights. Um, so it's huge. It's way more uh, critical in that there's aspect. Some, there's definitely some safety nets in the military. 100%. Oh like, yeah. It's just the one I, thing I best put the uh, military was you just got to show up, dude. Yeah. Oh, for <laughs> if sure. You just show up and listen to whoever, if they tell you to jump and you jump, say how high or, or you just fucking jump, you're going to pass, you know? Well, yeah. And um, there's always somebody to guide you, like where, yeah. where like maybe as a civilian cop, like you might find yourself out there kind of on your own for a while, you know? Absolutely. And one thing I noticed too is like, there's no leeway in law enforcement. Like we have trouble with, especially like the last year or two of candidates applying because it's just like, it's, it's the real deal. This isn't, you're, you're, oh, I'm just going to join and, you know, make good benefits and good pay and wear the fit the part cop part and go out on the street and be a cop. It's not like you're like, you could go out tomorrow and get shot. You know, every day I go to work and it's like, fuck, I hope I make it home tonight. You know, you're in, you're in Napa Valley, right? So granted. Yeah. So tell me kind of Uh, where that is in California. Uh, California. So about where, so, uh, Closest landmark is like San Francisco, okay. uh, big city wise. We're in between uh, like San Francisco and Sacramento on the north side of the Bay area. Um, so thankfully, we're in a pretty decent area when it comes to like crime, like town wise. I wouldn't want to work in any other surrounding towns, but Napa Valley itself is very low key. That doesn't mean we don't have our. Yeah. So like I w- I've been surprised to hear about some of the stuff you've been involved in. And I remember I used to make fun of like, um, well, a mutual friend of, or whatever acquaintance of ours that was from, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. And like, and I used to laugh because I just associated it with wine country and shit, but here I talk to you every now and again. And like, that's not necessarily the case, right? Like, Oh yeah. I mean the Bay area and uh, California and Oakland and Vallejo and all your Sacramento, like these towns, that was a big culture shock for me when I moved out here. Cause it's like, they got drugs, they got gangs, they got, um, you know, Norteños, Sereños, Hell's Angels. Um, we don't deal with Hell's Angels too much, uh, but Norteños, Sereños. You, you run know, the full spectrum of, of the of the street street gangs, though. For sure. Yeah, I mean, for the yeah, and I mean, we try to shut that shit down as much as we can because it it is Napa. You know, it's a tourist town. It's for wine. It's you know, get that shit bag shit out of here, man. Like we're not here to rep you know, any kind of game, like, what are you going to rep? Like a, uh, a vineyard, you know, some grapes, you know, it's, but yeah, they're there unfortunately. And, and I'm thankful though. Cause it's like, there's other cities where they're just, they're way worse and there's yeah. shootings every day and Dude, we'll call down. Go ahead. 
I've just noticed that like, like when you're talking about California and you're talking about cops, there is always a cop out there who's got it fucking way worse than you. Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. In Absolutely. Like it's just the, there's, there's like, I remember I'm a, I'm a big fan of the movie end of watch and like uh-huh. they, they make the statement like, yeah, I'll see more shit in one shift in LA than maybe a, oh, cop, yeah. a cop in some other town. Maybe even in California may see like in his entire career. And that's like no shit. Oh, absolutely. Like you talk about California, or that's the same for like EMTs, firemen, cops. Like it runs the yep. full spectrum. And it sounds like oh, your yeah. first year was pretty intense, right? Like your first year sounded like a fucking roller coaster, dude. It was, man. Uh, so yeah, I I had that call, unfortunately. Uh, you did the I was fires on FTO too. still. Did you do the fire. You did the fires first, though, didn't you? Uh, no, no, oh. I was fresh like two, three months on. Uh, when I got in my first shooting, uh, it was a, um, sorry. Yeah. So, uh, I was at lunch, um, and me and my partner were out of beat and we were having lunch. And like I said, when you're on FTO, you have a kind of like a job shadow guy that just rides in the passenger seat with you and, you know, watches what you do. And I think I was on phase one or two fresh on well let me see i graduated the academy in december january february march april yeah so i would have been in like phase two because i got hurt and was off for like a month or two um and we just had that routine call you know neighbor neighbor disturbance you know neighbor calling in on another neighbor because he was the older elderly neighbor next to them was a. they just moved into this house that i guess the previous tenant was there for years and this old neighbor and the previous neighbor that lived there had a really good relationship and he wasn't really fond of the new neighbors. Um, he was, you know, throwing shit over their fence, uh, that, you know, human feces over the fence of his, not just dog shit, but like his liquefied shit and, um, pissing on their street or their driveway, their sidewalk, um, blaring loud music, just your crazy stuff. Right. So we get there and, I talked to the guy for a little bit. He was drunk, a little weird, uh, wouldn't answer the door. Um, and the whole time we were there, he was just acting just like he was nuts. Um, but, uh, we were able to like get him off their property, told him to go in his house. He went in his house. Um, and then told the neighbors what, you know, get a restraining order. This is what you're going to have to do to calm this guy down. Um, and we left, as we were leaving, um, it was right when swing shift was starting because we were on day shift. This happened at like two, two o'clock in the afternoon, two thirty, and uh, we rounded the corner. And as I drove by his house, I saw him standing on the front porch chugging a beer. And I was like, "This isn't good." He didn't go back in his house. He's gonna, you know. I mean, he had he pulled a tripod out. He had a camera. He's recording us. He was just being ridiculous, you know. So I, uh, and one of those guys were like, you're talking to, and he's just like smiling at you, Ooh. like with that Joker face, Ooh. you know? Yeah, that's so bad. And it was just like, you have that. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so I was like, I'm not leaving. So I drive around the block and yeah. we have this little computer cat thing that, um, it like dings at you when like dispatchers put notes in and we, it was a hot day. Our ACs were like blaring. The window was up. I'm sitting there typing. My partner's on his phone, just messing around. And uh, we start getting these dings as I'm p- typing notes in the, we call it the card because each card call for service is a card um, that you type on the computer and we get these red dings, ding, 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 ding. You know, I'm like, Oh, I told you they're going to start calling back again. And we start reading the card and it's like, 
multiple shots fired. This guy's out in the street shooting people. And we're like, yo, what the heck? So obviously we cook it around the corner. By the time we get there, you know, the neighbor that called in on him, their car door was open, but nobody was seen in sight. Nothing. We're like, what the heck is this real? Yeah. Obviously people are just hauling ass. Cause there's a different, you can tell when it's real and when it's not real. Cause people hear fireworks and yeah. called in and they hear loud bangs in the County where you can't shoot guns. And everybody knew it was real that day. You know, like we, the whole fleet came, the County was there. Almost every city cop was there. I think there was a total of 15 officers involved in the entire thing. Um, short story long. He, uh, I angled my car. We got out. I already had my rifle out. We're walking up the street and we hear nothing. Right. We're like, this is freaking weird. Uh, but the car door was open for like a little suspicious, um, to the neighbor that called in on him. And next thing we know, we're setting a perimeter up. And next thing we know, he comes pulling out of his garage in his car. He goes to turn left to the main street, but there were like six cop cars blocking his way. And he ends up turning right and coming straight down the street towards my car where I had this, I like blocked the street with my car. Yeah. And, um, and this dude just, I don't know if he saw us or what, um, but he just like death, like straight stare at my car. Cause we were obviously off to the sidewalk, like next to a house, like, I don't know, 50 yards up the street from my car. He just cooks it right past us. So like, that's not good. You know, he's trying to leave. So we put it out over the air and we run back to our car and he cuts the next corner and starts to go back up to that main street again. It was like a U shaped uh, cul-de-sac that yep. connected. So he drove around and next thing we hear is just, you know, popping, pop, 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 you know, like fireworks is what they sounded like. And, um, essentially what he did is he, a cop was coming down the street that I was previously on, um, to back us up when he drove out and I didn't see the shooting, but he, when he was driving towards him, it was reported he put his knees on the steering wheel and just punched out with a revolver. Oh, I think it was a, I think it was a 44 mag and a, what was the other gun he had? I don't remember the other one. Um, it just started shooting out the window. So I put on the air what street he was going to. So they all like kind of cut him off and there were two officers there. Um, he hit that first cop responding in, in the leg and he fell to the ground and, um, he kept driving. And then that's when he got like, he drove in between two officers essentially that were shooting at each other, if you will, and just blew his car up with 45 rounds. Um, and he crashed into a tree. And by that time, I mean, they dumped a few mags into him at that point. I was in my car and we were setting another perimeter up around his car when he was crashing into the tree. The horn was on. He covered in blood, yeah. just leaned over. I get there and uh, we're setting like a U-shaped uh, perimeter around his car to do announcements, to call him out. And we thought he was dead because he, you know, yeah. was lifeless. He was just leaning over in the car. There's no windows up he must've put the windows down or they were shot out. And, uh, next thing you know, he just, he wakes up and he's like looking around. So we're like giving commands. And, um, I was on the left driver's side, uh, of his car behind him. So at the seven or eight o'clock position from his driver's side mm-hmm. with two other guys, there were, there were three of us jammed up in a door jam of a car behind uh, a patrol car. The door was open. One guy was kneeling, one guy was standing and then I was standing over top of that guy because <laughs> I was so tall. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah it was actually a, a, a circus show. Were you on your rifle? 
yeah, I was, we were all on our rifles at that point. Yeah. Uh, cause he already shot and crashed and right. you know, there's a shooting and he's looking around and next thing you know, a freaking a barrel the size of a fucking cannon. You know, when you see a gun barrel pointed at you, it's not a good feeling. Yeah. And granted, dude, we're like, we're like 15 yards away from this dude at this point. Cause the guy that pulled that close just got sucked in and we just stacked up on that car. Next thing you know, he, pulls over his left shoulder and just fires one right at us and later determined it went right over my head, which wasn't a good feeling. Cause there's, we didn't, we don't have dash cams in our cars. Yeah. Um, but there was a dash cam on a motor officer, like a motorcycle cop yeah. behind us. And when he shoots, you can see it hit a branch, the bullet hit the branch and fall. Wow. And then we just freaking, you know, Dumb. you got the hate that day. Oh yeah. His, his whole skull was gone. Like his face looked like a, Halloween mask because there was no yeah. structure or bone in his head that was left because I mean there were like I said 15 cops and over I think there was or no there's 13 cops and like 150 over 150 round shot wow. between both volleys of fire the yeah. first one and the second one because we just you know we're done now you know <laughs> yeah well I mean dude once uh once you're engaging police officers in today's world it's different you know like um, at that point you just you gotta you gotta end the threat man yeah. And not only that, dude, he was the direction he was driving. He was driving right towards the school. Yeah. You know, it was like two thirty, three o'clock in the afternoon, you know, school's going to be getting out. Sometimes they get out early and it was like, you know, he was, they, they think when he woke up and was looking around, he was reloading his revolver. Yeah. Um, because when they found him in the car, he had it in his hand, the one he shot at us. Yeah. Um, so he was probably reloading Could it was a, suicide mission maybe who knows yeah, uh kind of what it sounds kind of sounds like a suicide by cop man you know i mean those yeah have seemed those seem to have uh sort of become a thing yeah because it's you, scary you can't take the you, cops can't take that risk anymore man yeah and a lot of times we're not even responding to these you know people are asking to do welfare checks on their family and stuff and it's like no we're not it's not illegal to kill yourself and we'll do what we can we'll try to call them and give them resources and crisis resources and stuff like that but i'm not going to go knock on their door yeah you know Unless it's a, uh, there's other people in the house, you know, another safety for others. Right. But yeah, it happens all the time. You know, that's how they want to so do it. From, so aside from that, the, that suspect and then the cop, the one, you said the one cop was hurt. Um, yeah. Did anyone else get hurt? Any people? Or? Uh, no, no one else got hurt. It was, uh, uh, it was determined when he, when we, le- when I left, I was the last car on scene, uh, from the original call. He, uh, went in the house, came back out with the, the revolvers and started shooting the people that called in on him that we were talking to. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they went, when he came out, I guess he was in the middle of the street and they saw him holding the gun and they ran inside and he just started firing at him as they were running away. Um, didn't hit him thankfully. And when he hit the cop that was responding, I think it was just a Nick. It wasn't like a full, like in one out the other. It was like a, the bullet just grazed his pant in the side of his leg. Um, he got lucky. Mirrorless had a scratch on his leg. Yeah. But yeah, first. Well, I, mean, and, I mean, that's a that's probably if you had to be involved in a shooting, that had that's a sounds like a pretty decent outcome. I mean, obviously, it sucked for everybody involved. Well, yeah. When it comes down to like criminal, you know, if because we get charged, we get looked at criminally as for homicide. You know, if anytime we have to pull the trigger, so it, it was a little less stressful in that aspect of it because you know it wasn't like a, uh, you know did he have a gun or was he holding a cell phone? You know, it was like, all right, this guy's fucking shooting at me. I, I know what a gun looks like. Right. Pretty obvious. It What's was, that? I'm just saying it's pretty obvious. Like you guys were engaged like decisively. 
right? So, I mean, obviously. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like he was just pointing a gun at us. You know, he. They, they're going to do their due diligence, but it he pulled like, it. Surely sounds like you guys were cleared, right? I mean, I know you were cleared. Everybody's cleared, right? Oh, yeah. Every, everybody, everybody was cleared, um, and there were no charges filed. And even the family responded to us and said that he was having mental health issues declining in his mental health and just acting more and more strange. And, uh, as far as I know, they weren't even in contact with him at that point and didn't really yeah. have any. That's sad, man. How some of these folks, you know, cause it could have been, you know, they just fall off, man. And it's like, you never know, like if somebody could have intervened at any point, you know, and some of these folks, man, they just wind mm-hmm. up, uh, wind up in these weird spots where they're just alone. You know, it's sad. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. And then they, re- obviously if they're a threat to other, yeah, people, there's only so much you can do. Right. They got to want to be helped too, man. It's two way street. Yeah. You know, street. Dude. I had no idea that this occurred before. Yeah, that's fire. Like remember, cause you were saying yeah. the fire. I had no idea. And obviously you probably weren't talking about it at that point, but, um, I had, I mean, I yeah. Heard- so I mean, go ahead for the shooting. We weren't allowed to talk about it for a while, was- uh, until we were cleared and stuff, but yeah, the fires were like, uh, in, 18 october 18 i think is when yep. it happened i don't recall the exact time uh but yeah that that was a wild night i mean we were just working graveyard and it we so, usually have fires out here so one of that, that time fires are normal in california when did that shooting occur like in 15 16 uh it would have happened in or 17 april of 17 okay wow we were and still talking about, we were definitely texting and stuff at that point that's crazy and i remember yeah. you sending me video of the fire dude I, that's crazy i had no idea Man, yeah. like, you never know what people are going through, bro. Like, and like what you're allowed to say, what you can't say. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, that, that's what I was saying earlier, man. It's hard. You don't know what you're getting into every day when you go to work. Like, you don't know if you're going to deal with somebody trying to stab you or shoot you or, you know, whatever. Or if you're going to go to, you know, somebody that drowned in a pool, you know, right. or someone that's hanging from a closet. It's, it's, it's pretty shitty, but it's kind of, uh, it takes a certain kind of person to want to do it. And that's what I enjoy doing is like going every day is different. You know, every day is different. You never know what you're going to deal with. And, so, um, I definitely found like as a military policeman, like obviously I didn't, I didn't get in a, involved in a ton. Um, you know, there's a few suicides, fatality, car accidents, stuff like that. It's definitely, it's, I don't, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's a different culture of people. So there's, yeah. you know, it's not the same. Um, but there were a few times where like you get to help people, you know what I mean? Where you actually do get to intervene and they call you for a reason. You get there and you help people and that feels good. And it, it yeah. can definitely, um, it's weird, man. Guys like you can weather the storm for so long and then just have that one time where you really feel like you help someone and that can carry you into the next storm, you know? Just oh yeah, absolutely. Insane. It's a uh, little light yeah. at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah, I just I feel like guys like you, guys like you are. I mean, I'll be honest, like like dude, you remember we were both sort of getting out around the same time. Ferguson was going on all that crazy shit, and I'm just like, yeah, dude, I didn't have the chops for it anymore, man. I was uh-huh. tired. I was physically tired, mentally tired. Like you know, I, I don't I don't think I could have. Uh, I don't think I could have became a cop, let alone experience the shit you did in your first year. I mean, that's pretty insane. <laughs> yeah, it was it was rough because a lot of salty senior guys that were you know on the force for 20 years didn't deal with half the stuff I dealt with, you know, and they were jealous in a sense, you know, like, Oh, you know, yeah, that's a hard thing to deal with for sure. When the, when, uh, you've gone so long and you know, you, ex- you prepare every day for that to happen and it doesn't come. Yeah. That's a hard, that's people don't realize how difficult that actually is to deal with. You know, I always, used to, I always used to say live in the red. Uh-huh, yeah. Color coded on it. I said live in the red. Like yeah. I don't know. 
I used to encourage people to try knowing that that's like fucking literally impossible. Like you can't, you can't stay switched on that long um, without something happening where, you know, mentally you'll just check out. You know what I mean? Like you, it's right. the complacency will get you. Um, it, but it does every time. I don't know that that'll be, you know, you'll have a, a new level of where your complacency will come, you know, because of all the shit you've experienced. It's insane, man. Well, it, it, yeah, man. And like that call that day, it was just like the easiest, like non-expected call to turn into something that was just absolutely crazy. You know, something that is just so easy to be handled yeah. turns into the most extreme. And we actually had a call last week or two weeks ago and it was like the same kind of call, man, like two neighbors. And they're like any other day it'd be like, Oh yeah. Hey, how you doing? But like this time, even I asked for a cover officer and I was like, Hey dude, I'm, you know, this just doesn't feel right. And he's like, yeah, does it kind of feel like, you know, the, the last thing? Cause he was, yeah. he helped him um, do that. And I was like, yes, dude. Like that's exactly what I was referencing. I wasn't going to say anything, but yeah. you know, it's just, you know, I have that little bit of experience now that I can, take with me the rest of my career and use it to learn from it and prepare for the next kind of scenario that I might be in that's similar to it. Tell me about that fire. Uh, that was pretty bad and it definitely hit Napa pretty hard. Like what, fuck what yeah. were you doing on, on, on that? Cause you were driving uh, videos of fucking driving through yeah. with homes like yeah. really on fire, like, and, and not a whole lot you can do. So what, like, what did you do? So it was kind of fucked. It started off as super windy that night. It turned out that a uh, transformer blew over from PG and E or some shit and caught the grass on fire. Mm. Um, and the wind was so strong that it would just, it, the, the term spread like wildfire, literally like it was like a tornado of fire is the best way I can explain it. Mm. And kind of like a Armageddon dude. It was just like the devil just took a piss on the whole world. And like, there was no way out because there was just fire and heat everywhere. And uh, so essentially, the it wasn't in the city limits. Uh, we were kind of watching it from a, you know, a mile away or two miles away, whatever. And like, oh, you know, it looks kind of cool because it glows up the whole night. Yeah. And then it turned to like, hey, this is a fucking all hands on deck emergency. Like fire departments can't get this shit out. We need everybody here. So they started, we started doing mutual aid. And uh, essentially the biggest role we had was trying to get people evacuated because it occurred at like, fuck, I don't know what time they started. It was late. You know, people were sleeping. Um, so our biggest role was like trying to get people out of their houses before it got to them. Um, so they don't get wake up and their house is on fire and there's no way out. Uh, so essentially, you know, we were assisting the fire departments and even the fire department and the County deputies, their goal wasn't to put the fire out or to like maintain it. It was to like, Hey, get the fuck everybody out. Yeah. Sometimes they just cut their losses. I've dealt with a lot of wild. Yeah. It's just, there's nothing they can actually do. There's you know? nothing. And it's, it's, it's save as many lives as they fucking can. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. And that's essentially all we were directed to do. Yeah. And, uh, unfortunately I was sent to some houses that it was probably, I was more scared doing that than like getting shot at and having to like you, you know, I'm not trained to fight fires. Yeah. I don't have the equipment. I don't have any of that. But yeah, they were sending us to some streets and houses because people were calling in yeah. saying, oh, my grandma lives here and I can't get a hold of them and we don't know if they're okay. You know, here's the address. And it's like, all right, well, there's only one way to find out, you know. And there were a few streets I went on where the fire department's going the other way and I'm going towards the, they're going away from the fire and I'm going towards it because I got dispatched to, you know, and it's like, are you, are you going to be that guy that doesn't go check? 
or be too scared because the fire is too close. And then that you find out that that person didn't die, you know? So, I mean, at the end of the day, there were some places it was just physically impossible. We couldn't get to, um, but for the most part, uh, we were able to get to some of the houses and, um, the scariest, yeah, that video I sent you, I was going to a house, fire department passed me. I couldn't see more. I had all my code three lights on my headlights, every single light on my car on. And I couldn't see more than like two feet in front of my car. The, there was more light coming from the fire itself, like lighting up the area, but I had no idea what street I was on. I didn't know where I was cause I was out in the County. Um, and thankfully I almost like stopped and turned around cause I thought I was going to die. Like legit thought I was going to die uh, and get trapped, you know, in an area that I didn't know where I was and no way out. Yeah. Um, until I saw more code three lights on in front of me and thankfully they were dispatched to, it was like a, it was like an ambulance or like a para, fire, fire, uh, uh, paramedic squad or something like that. Uh, that was sent to the same house I was sent to. Oh, okay. And uh, it was actually kind of funny. The only thing I remember is like, they're sitting there knocking on the, fr- I get out and like run over to the house and, uh, mind you, all these houses are on fire around us, the trees, everything. It's like, literally like you look any direction, there's fire and you can feel the heat, you know, and you're coughing because there's smoke. But I like ran ran over to the house real quick and they're sitting there knocking on the door. They're like, yeah, no one's coming to the door. And I was like, are you, you know, fucking kidding me? I just boot stomped that fucking door open. I was like, I don't give a fuck, you know, who's here or this door, you know? So we kick it open and, uh, search the house. They were already gone. You know, so it's like, what are we doing? You know, so at that point, it was that's that point there. I like kind of was like, you know, I need to because you get you get you get tunnel vision, you know, you want to help people and save them. But it's like the end of the day is no, I'm I'm not going to get myself caught, you know, to where I can't get out. Yeah, well, it's interesting you said like you like when you get shot at, especially like I've been shot at, and it was it was kind of coming from like weird places. Like I, I there, it was in Iraq. There wasn't a whole lot I could do about it because the fu- it wasn't like a fight. Like in your uh-huh. case, like it's a fight. It's right in front of you. Like you know where it is. Odds are it's not going to come from behind you or or flank yeah. you. But yeah. fires, man, that fucking shit can shift like at a moment's notice and trap you. Literally trap yeah. you. And like yeah. the videos you sent me were intense, brother. Like, th- like every fucking thing around you was on fire. So I've been in like whiteout conditions. I've been in brownout conditions. I've been in hard rainstorms where like visibility is all fucked. But fire and smoke from those videos, it looked like some shit I've never even imagined before. Like I don't even yeah, know what dude, it's like. It's fucking scary. Is all I can like, say. Yeah, like a year later, I drove. I drove out to a couple facilities here in the state of Utah, and we came back, and we wound up cutting through like what was a wildfire. Uh-huh. but it wasn't like, it wasn't even close. wasn't even near like what <laughs> that fire you did, man. That was, that was every fucking thing. Like everything yeah. in, in that area was on fire. I remember, uh, we went to, I went to a house. It was like a mansion. They had this super long driveway and I was like, uh, I rammed their gate with my car cause it wouldn't open. And I get out there and I knocked and knocked and knocked. No one ever came to the door. There are no cars. So I was like, well, you know, what can I do? You know, a lot of these homes are vacation homes. Yeah. Um, we have that problem here too. A lot of them. Yeah. Vacant. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it looked vacant. So I left, but all I remember is the freaking wind was blowing so hard. You've watched TV or seen it or heard a tornado. That's what it sounded like, but with flames, like it just had like this, like beast of a sound of just like whirling winds and fire. And just, it was like, it's coming, you know, <laughs> cause we were obviously in front of it trying to get people in advance and, you know, 
you didn't waste too much time because if you did, you were going to get caught. Yeah, um, California, the fires that start out there just seem way, way more intense than a lot. Well, of it's so dry. It's yeah. so dry. And uh, we don't get that much rain some, some winters. And by the time the fall comes around, it's so dry. I mean, you could, you know, anything can spark. I think we had a few last year where like chains on the road, yeah. you know, hit the ground from a trailer or something and just a little ember we'll go to the side of the road and start a fire. Um, it just, it doesn't take much. So, so like with all this, like, what would you say was like, as far as like your training, your, um, like Marine Corps, uh, Academy, any of that stuff, something you picked up from a friend, whatever, like, what, what would you say was like the most important? Like, was it something, was it from the military? Was it a combination of everything? Like, what do you think got you through all this? Cause like, like I said, man, you were like, you were not only like a young dude, you were married at the time. You had a young baby, and you're f- like fucking just barely getting into police in, into police work, right? You've been in a shooting, and now you've had these massive fires. Like, what is there any anything that stands out, or is it, is it just Big Nate being fucking Big Nate? Like, what's the yeah? I don't know, man. I would say it's just Big Nate being Big Nate, but there's something in there that you know keeps me pushing and keeps me driving. I want to say it's my, you know, I. I I've been depressed. I've been in those holes. I've been in those ruts, you know, throughout that process, uh, from the time I got out of the military to me talking to you today. And it's just like, it's one thing I I had a guy teach me or talk to me about, uh, he's a mentor of mine at the PD. He said, uh, he went to like some psychology class for cops or something like that. I don't, don't quote me on it, but he said that people can only, the human body or average person can only physically and mentally uh, handle like two, I think it's two critical incidents or like physical stressful incidents in their life in like a six month or year long time frame. Mm-hmm. you know, without just being crumbling or falling to falling to their pieces, whatever. Um, and he was t- talking to me and he built me up and he was like, you know, you got out of the military, you went through a divorce, you got in a shooting, you handled X, Y, Z in four months. He's like, dude, I don't know how the fuck you do it. He's kind of asked me the same question. And it's like, I don't have an answer of how I do it or what I do it. It's just, I try to find my purpose and why I'm here. And, you know, why, why am I here? And, you know, I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a purpose. Cause like the position I'm in, not many dads would do, yeah. you know, or yeah. stick around or try to do the right thing for their daughter through after a divorce and, um, live in an area that's, they don't want to live in. You know, a lot of people just give up and say, screw it and take the easy road. But I try to find that purpose. And I mean, I learned a lot from all my mentors, mentors, the leaders, uh, from the military to the police department to, you know, learning from my childhood and just trying to be that person for my family, my, my daughter, my girlfriend, my parents, you know, just be that person, I guess, you know, I mean, you have to find that you have to find your reason and what you're here for. And not everybody can do that. And some days I don't even know or have that reason, you know, there's days you wake up and you're outside and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? You know, (laughs) you know, why why am I doing this? And it's like, you, I think everybody contemplate it. You contemplate it, but, uh, and it's when times are tough or you're stressed or, but it's like, you gotta, you gotta make the best of what you got. I mean, mm-hmm. I was in some shitty positions when I got out, uh, of the military with the stress and just, you know, technically I was homeless sleeping on my buddy's floor, uh, for a couple of weeks and going through 
the academy and school and stuff. And uh, it's just, you got to, one thing I, I learned in the military too, one thing going to all these different countries is that it's not that bad. Yeah. You know, that's one thing I do appreciate the most about the military is like what I do have, I'm very grateful for. And when I was in those shitty positions, I was like, yeah, I'm sleeping. Let's just say I'm sleeping on my buddy's floor. I didn't eat anything cause I can't afford it. Um, I'm like, there's a kid in probably India right now that hasn't eaten for a week yeah. and he's probably sleeping on a dirt floor, you know? So that's one thing I, I picked up the best or the most from in the military is how grateful we have it here in the States. And I talked to other guys who were deployed and that are at the PD now. And they say the same thing is like, should almost be mandatory when you get out of high school to at least do two years to see yeah. the real world. Cause a lot of people don't know the real world. They, they, they live where they were born and raised and they stay in the little bubble of theirs and think that, that's what the world's like. And it's not, it's different every, even in the United States, you know, people don't realize how different it is in yeah, one a, town to I, another. I had a guy, uh, not too long ago, Kyle Stewart, man, he's a UFC veteran fighter. He's a, a Marine veteran. He deployed to Afghanistan three times. Uh-huh. Dude, Americans are house cats. And like, <laughs> and look at what's going around, what's happening around here now with like the coronavirus and all that shit. People are panic buying and all this stuff. And it's like, all right, man, like, you know, yeah, he, he's not far off, man. And you're right. Like I took my kids, uh, my wife and kids to the Philippines and they got to experience some of that a little bit. And uh-huh. it's, humbling, it's humbling, man. Yeah. You realize like what, what else is out there and what other people are going through, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And that's one thing I always told myself is like, I know somebody's has it way worse than I do right now. So basically quit being a little bitch and figure it out. You know, yeah. you might not be able to figure it out that day or the next day, but it's like, you got to put your big boy pants on and fucking do it. Well, I feel like since I've known you, you've always had that, you know, you've always had that mentality and you've always found your way through it, man. I, I, would, yeah. say, I would say it's an honor to know you, man. I'm proud of you. It's an honor, yeah. an honor to, you know, um, maybe people don't realize it, but like when one of your guys like that you taught or served with, like sends you a picture of this like pivotal moment in their life, like, yeah. uh, like you, you might be like, man, I want to, sh- you know, show that guy like, oh man, I did it. But like that other guy, the guy on the receiving end, like sometimes I think that means more, like at least it does to me. And like, I remember when you sent me your academy, um, your academy picture, uh, when you graduated and like that meant the world to me, like, that's good. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like it just, you just feel like you're a small part of that. And, um, and like, you know, you, and, uh, and I always loved, like, I cared about my guys like as much as I could. Right. And, uh, and like, I didn't forget about a lot of my guys. And, um, when you just know, like when, when you, when you sit for hours with a dude, like on shift or walking around, like we did towards the end there and then you right. say, like, I'm, you mapped it out for me. Like, I'm going to go here. I'm going to try to do this. And then like, to see, uh-huh. see you do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, I don't know, man. It's like you got a little big brother, you know, uncle, you know, whatever thing going on, man. I was like, I was like, man, I, you know, you just, yeah. Proud moment, man. It's a big proud of you. Yeah. Proud of you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, It was uh, I don't know, man. People don't, people maybe don't realize that like how meaningful that is. You know, I I appreciated that a lot. Well, one thing that's, uh, it's different between certain people too, is they don't care about other people like you do or other people like mentors. They don't want to be that kind of person. They just care about themselves. You know, there's not too many people out there that are like that anymore these days. And that's the sad part of it. It's just, if we had more of that and, um, it would be a different world if you ask, asked me, like I just watched uh, Hacksaw Ridge <laughs> today and, uh, that movie is a great freaking, you know, 
principle of that. He's like, I, his quote was like, uh, all this world is people trying to, you know, kill each other and tear themselves down. I don't think it's so bad if I try to put a few of us back together, you know, cause he didn't want to go to battle with a gun. Right. He just wanted yeah, to just put people saying, back together. And more, it's like, know? and he just said, just one more, just one more. Right. Like, like, yeah. You can just like get one more smile. Yeah. Face. You can just, and they said he was even. Go ahead. Yeah. Yep. That's what he said. If I could have just got one smile that, that would have been paid in full, you know, but just, yeah, just, uh, um, just but uh, yeah, that's, it's a good, uh, it's a good lesson to learn, man. Like I'm, I'm literally, um, I was just sitting on my phone and, um, there's a friend of mine, you know, I used to kind of troll people a little bit, um, because I was stuck. I wasn't doing what I wanted to be doing. I wasn't helping anybody. And long story short, I got into an Instagram exchange, but I'm watching this guy now and him and his daughter are literally like rolling around in Nevada right now with like a bag of McDonald's sandwiches, like just handing it out to people who need it, uh, because of all the fucking shit that's going on, you know, and there's people on the streets and all this stuff. And yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully he's doing it at at little risk to himself, but, and for him, like, you know, uh, it, it, to him, it means nothing more than just taking some time with his daughter out on the street and, you know, driving around and trying to help people like financially is good, all that stuff. And just impressive, man. It's humbling. And if you can just do that for just one person a day, you know, you can influence so many people, you know? Yep. Have you ever seen that movie, uh, Mr. Klaus? No. Oh, dude, you gotta see it. It's a, it's a like cartoon. What's that? Did you mention that to me the last time we talked? Maybe I don't know. Somebody mentioned. Uh, it's like a Christmas movie that just came out this year, and it's about the story of like Santa Claus. Uh, and the quote that he says is like, "One small act of kindness uh, may spark like another." Yeah, you know, one small act of kindness may spark another, and I, I think that's true, man. Because you help someone, you know, and I do that every once in a while, I'll go to the coffee shop and I'll be like, Hey, I'll pay it forward to the next person, you know, and they don't even know who bought it for them. Um, or, you know, and it happens to me all the time too. So it's, it's, it's just, it's a cool little concept, I guess. Yeah. There's just a lot of little things you can do, um, for folks without being braggy or any of that stuff. You can just do it just to, to feel good. And, um, you know, sometimes, the feeling you'll get will do will go light years past buying someone else a cup of coffee or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, exactly. Yeah. It, like I definitely believe in like some of that energy stuff and, you know, just doing good things like can, can bring good things back to you. Like, um, right. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to go any more, you know, into <laughs> any more than that, except like, I just feel like if you put good in, you're going to get good out. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, man. I just say, uh, I'm, I'm thankful for you, man. Um, I'm thankful for what you do. Like a lot of people ask me when like I run a golf tournament, charitable stuff and I include first responders in it and they ask me why. And I'm like, well, for one, a lot of them are veterans themselves. And two, like listen to the shit you've just talked about. Like you, you know, you, that's just like a day's work for you, bro. Like, and then you yeah. get up and go do it again. You know what I mean? Right. And a like, lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. And it's like, and I always say like, Hey, I get like a lot of vets or a lot of like first responders will be like, man, I get to go home every night. And I'm like, okay, cool. But you do this day in and day out every single day for 365 days a year for sometimes 20 to 30 years. Like I went eight months, you know, away from my family, like into a combat zone or whatever really wasn't, you know, and I didn't even do a whole lot when I was there. And, and then you think about all the cops that made it possible for me to go and allow my family to be safe while I was doing it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. So I, I, um, me personally, I hold you guys, um, veteran or not as, as like right on the same level. Yeah. Know? And yeah, I, I, appreciate I, always, that, man. I always will. So I just want to say thanks, man. Thanks for your service. Um, I, I always loved being around you, man. When we were in, you know, 
Oh, yeah. Well, we'll still having, have to meet up soon, dude. Oh, we will, for sure. I loved having you as a student, mostly because I didn't have to know your name. I just wanted <laughs> to, I wanted to know your name. I didn't have to know yeah. it, you know? Yeah. You were one of my, my good ones. And uh, you were killing it when we were at HMX, man. You were stud, and sounds like you're doing great now. So, proud of you, man. Yep. Just stay on that track, dude. Keep driving. Keep pushing. All right, buddy. Thanks for sharing your story. Thanks for sharing your story and uh, try to stay safe, man. You know what I mean? No problem. Yeah, that's the, that's like the goal in, at the end of the day. It just sounds like you're in one of those towns where not a whole lot's going to happen all the time, but when it does, it's going to be bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah and it's going to catch you off guard because you're not prepared already. That's what it kind of sucks too. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. I mean, it, you know, you go out there every day and keep training and keep keeping your head right and just, you know, that's the only thing you can do. And I enjoy what I do too. It's not like it's a bad thing. You know, yeah. some people look at it as like it's a depressing or a bad thing, but it's, you know, I enjoy that. You know, yeah. I enjoy the stress. I enjoy the grind and yeah, I'm going to keep doing it until I can anymore, you know, physically or mentally. Uh, I'll do it as long as I can. Cause I enjoy doing it and just seeing my daughter look up at me too. And just be like, you know, I want to be a police officer one day or daddy's my hero. You know, it's just, you know, that, that's that purpose, you know, you look for yeah. it sometimes and oh, yeah. it pays, it pays for it, you know, yeah, for sure. to sacrifice a little bit. Yeah, man, it makes it all worth it. That's for sure. Yeah. All right, big buddy. Thanks for sharing. Your all right, experience. bud. Um, hopefully, you know, maybe next time we'll get you on if you ever want to vent about, I know living in commie California could be a little, little tricky sometimes, but. Oh yeah, dude. We can have a full episode of that oh, fucking yeah. bullshit. We'll talk about <laughs> we'll talk about what's what's really going on on the street. <laughs> yeah, the real shit, not just the stuff you see on the news. And yeah, all right, all right bud. Yeah, stay safe, man. Um, be careful out there because it's even worse. You know, people are. I think people are forgetting about what first responders are having. You, that shit doesn't stop just because there's some fucking you know virus going around. So, yep, uh, going back to work. So, all right, man, stay safe out there. All right, buddy. See you. Take care. Okay. What up, wifey? Hello. What are you into? Uh, it's been a long-ass day. How so? Uh, just with work. Do you want to tell people what you do? No. You don't want to talk about it at all? Not really. Okay. It's sad. Yeah. Especially now. Yeah. Well, I think I think COVID's got you a little bit. We'll just say that. At work anyways. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. We're directly seeing maybe. Well, we actually, I don't know that we actually know yet, right? But. I mean, I'm not gonna pry. Yeah, wifey's seeing some results of the. The COVID numbers, the like COVID statistics, if you will. Who's being affected? Yeah, it's sad. Sad for sure. Wifey worked from home. She always worked from home, so it's nothing new for her. But um, definitely, the situation in the country's having an impact. I think. For sure. Yeah, it's crazy. What do you think of my guy Nate? I remember you. T- I think I met him briefly at the ball, right? Probably the I mean, last ball we went to in Virginia. You may have. Um, you you may have you came to all my class graduations, didn't you? No. I feel like I thought you did. He was. I don't remember what class he was in. Like I just remember. Actually, he was in the class that me and Garza pushed. I believe. Didn't he say that in the episode? Yes. Yeah. 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 I just remember. You you guys were talking about what he's six five. He's fucking big. And dude, I remember yeah. I think I remember meeting him and his ex wife at the ball. But he's also in insanely good shape. So like he's big and diesel right. too. Like he's built right. on top of that. He's not just like tall and lanky and like I'm a midget. 
Like I remember looking up. Oh yeah, no, I looked up. I, to like him. Yeah. I was looking at the ceiling. Yeah, no. So I remember, I remember him from his height, but that's it. Yeah, I love, I love guys like Nate though because like you, you know, you, you don't, you can hear it in his voice that he's like a big dude. You know, like he's he's big in every way. And, oh um, really? I feel like he is. Yeah. I felt the humbleness. But no, he's and down well. To that's earth. my. That's that's to my point. That's what I was getting at. Is like he, um, he's not the type of kid. And now grown ass, uh, incredible man that has to like run around and like brag. Like he was always quiet. Like he owned every bit of his shit and like didn't have to be. Co- he didn't ever have to compensate for nothing. You know what I mean? Like I love how he was like, I'll just let let myself do the talking. Yeah. Like he just yeah. No, you know? there's no peacocking going on with Nate Kisner whatsoever. Like he just does his thing, and um, we talked about it like. Um, I've, I've been around other guys in the past, like maybe because I was a sergeant or because I was their instructor, like they felt like they had something to prove. So like if I was shooting next to him on the range or something, like they would be talking shit, like, because I'm, I was like, I taught them stuff and like, and I'm not like, you know, I was a good teacher and I'm a good doer. I'm not a great doer, but you know what I mean? Like, um, Nate wasn't that way though. Like you, I, I remember shooting next to him and like, I don't know if he was trying extra hard because he was shooting insane, but I think he always just shot insane. But he never said a word. You know? He was just that good. He's just that good. Yeah. Yeah. And he I thought it, it was funny where, where he was talking about his memory of you and you're like, that's some pretty blue eyes. I don't know. <laughs> like, we used I could to see say, the ocean. Yeah. I'm like, of course you fucking said we that. We used to <laughs> say some fucking just outlandish shit to some of these guys. And like, you know, in Nate's case, like, because he's big, you know, tall but he's not big no well he's he's now he's muscular in the schoolhouse he was a little more thin framed because he was just coming out of boot camp and stuff but um nate's one of those type of cats where like an instructor would say some fucked up shit like hoping that he wouldn't take you up on the offer like like you know where you're like where you're like pack a lunch motherfucker like (laughs) you know what i mean like you say shit like that knowing that if they actually take you up on your offer like it's gonna be a long day you know what i mean but yeah we used to say crazy shit and some of them remember it and some of them don't. Nate clearly does. <laughs> I we, giggled when I, I heard that. Him and I spent a lot of time together. like um, At HMX? Yeah. We, like My whole end stretch there where um, I was on nights that, you know, I was on nights a lot while I was at HMX, but he, he was mm-hmm. almost always um, working shifts with me and stuff. I think we probably tripped together a couple times too, but um, yeah. I was like, he was like, I tripped over 100 times. I'm like, damn, you never tripped. Like we could probably count ten or less. Ten, I think. Yeah, but I also had to. surgery and some other stuff. But yeah, I don't think I you mean, wanted to go, did you? I didn't care. I, if I got to go, I got to go. Um, I was there for the Marines, but also you got to think we took way more of guys like Nate than we did guys like me. So there weren't as many opportunities. But and also I didn't get along with a lot of people, and I had surgery and a couple other things. So yeah, um, no, I didn't trip much, but. The trips that I did go on, I had a good time with my guys and took care of them. And a lot of them, you know, still reach out to me and say that. But, but Nate, like, Nate got fucking slayed, some of these kids. Like, they when they landed at HMX, like, they went right into um, election season. And, it, you know, without minus COVID right now, like, you would see Trump in a different state, like, almost every week, mm-hmm. sometimes multiple times a week. So, and that's how Obama was. Some of these guys, like, they were telling me stories like, yeah, man, we'd come home from a, you know, we'd hit the ground in Quantico, and then they would just tell us to turn around and leave and go back to another place. Well, that's nice, though, for young kids, because they don't yeah. have a family, and they, I mean, I would have, I'd be like, sure, let's go, mm-hmm. you know? And the money's way better, Free too, because we get per diem and all that shit. Yeah. Like, 
the only thing as a sergeant, like I hated, like we didn't go as often as those guys. And like, I would have just rather been gone all the time than, you know, like once a week. Hell yeah. I would have like the, (laughs) I'm just saying like, I feel like the deployment stuff sometimes was easier. Um, because like you had a, a pretty good idea of like a window. I'm going to be gone from X date to X date. Let's get through it. You know, where at HMX or some duties like that, you don't ever know. Like I would just come home and be like, Hey, I'm gone next week. You know, like, and we'd probably be okay with it. We were I fine, mean, but I'm saying like it's now. hard. On, it's hard on people though. You know, I kind of push you to go travel because well, I mean, why I can, not? <laughs> I have a little bit more say now, but yeah, I don't know. Nate's a good dude. I, um, we, when we lived in Layton, when we first got here, he was still trying to get out and coming across country and going to California. And, um, we stayed in touch and then some of the things that he's been through that he talks about in the episode, he would. So I remember seeing the video of the fire. I was like, Jesus, you're just driving through that. Like it's on both sides of the road. And yeah. And I was like, what? Cause you're like, I have a friend that's in Napa who works, um, as PD. And he just sent me this. And it, it was during the huge fires in California. And it, I was just like, holy crap, I can't believe he's driving. Like, William, I mean, your your tires are rubber. So yeah. you know that's melting. But you're also you talking know? like, this is like just barely a year or something into like his time on the PD, yeah. you know. And like, and recently I've um, talked with another friend of mine who, who knows him well. Maybe we're even in the same class. I'm not sure. Or close to it. But um, mm. definitely at HMX and like... Mm-hmm. Uh, these guys, man, like they're they're going out there into these like small towns, right? Like you, know, you would think small towns, and they're just not anymore, man. And like yeah. some of these kids are like getting into some serious shit. Like it's it's intense. Like when Nate first told me about that, like um, I think it's just a me thing, but like um, uh, you know, obviously I'm like, oh, good, I'm glad you're safe, but like it it bugs me sometimes that I'm not with them, you know. What? Yeah, I just I've like I love these guys like so much, you know? Like and they're always like getting into this stuff and I'm like it I don't know, I feel like uh I just feel like I'm out of the fight like completely, you know? Where these guys are like hitting the road, they're like being cops, doing what they want to do, you know what I mean? Part of me wishes maybe I would have tried a little harder maybe to do that after the fact. I don't know. To be a cop? Yeah. But you talked about you didn't want to go that road. At the time, I didn't, you know. But now I'm just you saying, do? No, 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 not now. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> I'm saying, like, like the bond between me and some of these kids was so strong, like, and you it don't still want them. Is. I know, but it's like, I feel, part of me is like, man, I'm letting these guys do this on their own, you know. So, I don't know. I just wish I was with them sometimes, like, especially a guy like Nate. Like, I remember after that thing, he was like, you know, I'm just trying to do everything I can to be a better cop. Like, that's, he didn't, he hadn't even told me um, that he had been in a shooting, but like now now knowing what he went through and like looking back like that's why he would say something like that you know what i mean and um yeah it's crazy but he there's other stuff that he went through that i know about that he didn't even that he didn't even talk about in this episode like he has been through the ringer like personally and professionally and it sucks when you know i don't know he's like well and he talks about he's like how my dude, you know? he you find your way out of that yeah you know what i mean like, I mean, that's, and he's trying, he's trying to find his way out yeah. of it, even if, and he knows, he says it out loud, you know, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, no, he's that one of the, he can recognize He's that. probably one of the strongest dudes I've ever met. Like, he's been through a lot, um, even 
while we're at HMX. Like, he's a figure it the fuck out type of cat, like, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's just a good dude. He's like a little brother, man. Like, some of these guys, I just care about him so much. I just wish I could help him, you know, like the way I used to. But, yeah, I don't know. That The fire, the shooting, I mean, damn, crazy. And, like, I don't, fuck, I don't even think, what did he say? What is it, like, four years now? That he's been out? Yeah, four or five, four, maybe. I'm not sure. I got out in 15. He, he would have got out in, like, late 15, 16, maybe. I mean, yeah, it's just it's it's insane to me, like how fast some of these guys are getting into some of this crazy shit. Like, it's nuts. It's not what you. But he's getting like. through it. Like he's yeah dealing with it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's. I talk to him all the time. He seems seems good. Seems real good. I don't know. Hope the best for him. But I love how he's like. You don't know what's gonna happen every day. It's. Like a lot of people have jobs and it's literally same shit, different day. Mm-hmm. But he's hit the job that, you know, being a cop, obviously you can't plan, Yeah, you know? And I, um, that's kind of appealing because it's like every day is a surprise yeah. that you have to be prepared. And, and like he's, he sounds so cool headed mm-hmm. that he'd be able to think clearly no matter what situation he's in, you know, and he's prepared. Yeah, I, I remember like patrolling as um, like an MP in Okinawa. Like for sure it was kind of different every day. But you had this like definite like safety blanket knowing you were like on a Marine Corps base and for the most part. In like, the military. You know what I mean? You're dealing with different people like – um, and I, I used to tell my students a lot, like, dude, like, you know, you're dealing with Marines, like some of them can be dangerous. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, like you have a connection, you know, like we all do, but out in the civilian world, like it just, that doesn't exist. It's fucking America. You know what I mean? It just doesn't exist though. Like you're talking about the dregs of society. Like these people don't, don't care. So yeah, I mean, that was definitely a reason why, you know, and Ferguson was huge when, um, when I was looking at possibly getting out and going, you know, Ferguson was like probably barely a month over than the Baltimore stuff. Remember the Baltimore stuff? Like the weekend after we were out there? Ferguson, Missouri. Yeah. And then I think I think it was Ferguson first and then Baltimore happened after that, but it was all the riots, remember? In Baltimore, yeah. Yeah. And um God, we were in VA. Yeah, and so those two big incidents, like, they kind of were a huge turnoff for me. Um Yeah. Cray Cray. A lot of them, I mean, it's interesting, like, how many of them wind up. I, I look at a lot of guys that I serve with, and many, many of them are police officers, you know. And I'm just, I'm, I find myself thinking about a lot of them right now because of what is going on, you know. Those kids have to get up and go to work every day. Like, there's, there's no reprieve, you know. Nothing changed for them. I mean, I got a bunch of friends. A That's probably of, keeping them sane, though. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's just part of what, what they do, you know. They wake up every day knowing that. Regard whether it was a virus or not, but you know, I got a couple buddies in Texas. I got a few in Cali, Idaho now, Virginia. Like I look at a lot of my guys. A lot. It was common for a lot of our guys to um, jump ship from HMX and go over to Prince William County. Remember Prince William mm-hmm. County? And then um, some of my guys, like um, one of my buddies, Troy, he went up to Pennsylvania. So I mean, they definitely spread out. Or we got state trooper in New York. In New York yeah. You know, I mean, it's crazy where these guys wind up and what they're what they're doing you know i don't know i think um it's not crazy it's like you feel a pre like you appreciate them more yeah no especially you know? especially now like 
I think it's amazing what they're doing. Yeah, but the, I'm thinking like the obviously cops and first res, like first responders in general. Like I care about. I mean, that's why I'm I try to include them in everything we do. Same with the nurses. But I mean, I hope like at the end of all this stuff, like people start to realize who's re- who really matters. You know, like when you're looking at workers. And, like, I joke about, like, being an essential worker. I don't know if I even actually am. But, like, uh, in, in hindsight, like, I'm really kind of just twiddling my thumbs until somebody asks something about security, you know. Like, uh, or, like, who who's really essential? Like, the people stocking the shelves at the grocery stores are pretty fucking essential right now. Like With or without the virus. Right. The trucks, like, yeah. delivering the shit. Like, every those things, all those things, like, go so unappreciated. And it's times like this where you're reminded... You know, like Hollywood people are awesome and sports figures are awesome. And, you know, we put a lot of emphasis on them and we'll pay a lot of money to see their talents. But in the end, like they really don't mean shit, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, other than it's like sort of escape from reality. But, you know, we're getting we're getting a big heavy dose of reality right now that we can't escape from. And those people are nowhere to be found, you know. Other than making their videos and shit. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, there's, you know, some of them are like, oh, we're going makeup free. (laughs) <laughs> okay, cool. You know, like that's really brave of you. Or like, I I know the um the concert they did from their houses. Like that's pretty cool, because like you'd put a premium on a ticket to see some of that. You know. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Sorry, I got the Rona. He's dramatic. I'm super dramatic. So dramatic. I thought I had the Rona for what a couple days now. Anyways. <laughs> I think everybody's got it. We just don't know. I love when he talked about the kindness thing, doing one thing a day. And it's especially like, so do you remember we went to Target and I was like, well, I want to get Starbucks. And then you went to the bathroom and I came back and you came back and I was like laughing. Yeah. So the guy in front of me and his girlfriend and wife, whatever, um, they ordered something and the guy let them know that they don't have it or they can't make it, whatever. And the guy went off of, on him, like, in front of everyone. So when I got up there, I was like, hello, you know, um, this is what I would like. Could I, you know, whatever. I was nice. And I said, thank you at the end of that. And then you came back from the bathroom and... You had a shit-eating grin on your face. I had this, Because yeah. <laughs> you got your drink Because first. I got my drink order yeah. before the two assholes in front of and me. And your shit's hard as fuck to make, It too. is. <laughs> I'm pretty... It's pretty difficult. Yeah. And um, it's because I have a sensitive tummy. I need soy. Yeah, but I'm that dumb <laughs> bitch. Like, when I order it for you, I'm that dumb motherfucker that has to stand there with their phone. Like, and, and like, here, I don't even, like, read it. I'm like, here, <laughs> you know, can you do this? And they're like, oh, yeah. And then they... Actually, I think they know you when they read it, because it's yeah. not a normal order. Yeah. So, but anyway, so I get my drink first and then the two people in front of me who were absolutely rude to this barista were upset. And it's like, look, all you had to do was be nice. These people make your food. They stand here and make your food and drink every day. It really doesn't take much to say please and thank you Yeah, and not treat them like an asshole. You know, and that's just me on a good day on or on any day. You know, they're providing a service to me. And I, I'm thankful for it, mm-hmm. you know, and especially right now, you know, everybody's, you know, doing the 
national eat out, you know, to support these restaurants because it's going to be a while before we get back to quote unquote yeah, whatever I've, normal I've, is. I pretty much stayed in touch with my Jimmy John's drivers like <laughs> every Thursday for a That's couple of weeks That's what I'm now. saying. I don't know. It's like you... Why do you have to be rude? I can't honestly say like if I appreciate them any more or any less, but I understand now like they're they're taking more of a risk now, you know? Cuz they're in contact right. with they're so c- many so people. many people and they're and like, you know, I I'm not going to I've seen like some of my friends who can like tip like just gaudy numbers. Like I can't mm-hmm. do that, but you know, I'll throw them a lot more now than, you know, during this time than, than I normally could because everything's so, people could not be it's all just so too. uncertain. You know, I don't know who's ordering from them. I have no mm-hmm. idea. I would imagine a lot of people cause it, well, but then again, a lot of people aren't at work. Right. And like one of the big things that people are learning is like, Hey, I can cook for myself and I can do this and I can do that. And I think that's great too. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as there's a driver out there and if they're bringing me food, you know, I want to, I want to do what I can for them. Right. Like even one of my guys from the crew commented like, I couldn't pay that much for a sub. Well, okay, um, that's fine. But, you know, I need to pay or I want to pay that much because I want this kid, you know, who's still out here grinding, you know, to to get a little something, you know. And you also forgot your lunch. I did, but <laughs> still, like, um, they're my fault. They're always, they're, they're my go-to. When I, when I forget lunch, I go to Jimmy John's. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. um, so, but that's all right. My lunch is downstairs and it's ready for me tomorrow. <laughs> Love that. Love that. Yeah, it's you can see that you know I've had one kid twice now, and like you can see how thankful he is, and like I think he is not seeing what you know he would normally see right. as far as, or maybe he's thankful that he's also like one of the few drivers that they kept. You know, I don't know how many of them. Oh, he drove. He didn't run. Or no, bike. it's a little too far. Like in Draper, it's a little too far. They don't oh. all ride bikes. Um, some of them drive cars. In the cities, almost all of them ride bikes, though, especially in downtown, like Salt Lake. Yeah, which, which is, is now super closed. Cool. <laughs> and a lot of, a lot of them actually like run. Yeah, no, I've seen. That. Like they sprint to you. Yeah. It's almost awkward sometimes, but yeah. I don't know. I just try to do what I can for them. I wish everybody would at least once, you know, during this if they can. Yeah. Throw somebody a good healthy tip, and you don't have to be gaudy about it, but. And if you can do it, like throw them, throw them as much as you can. But yeah. I've seen um, some of these other, you know, lots of people. If you follow them on Instagram, like they don't necessarily believe in what's happening, but they're also still um, going out and buying like gro- grocery carts of food for uh, families that, you know, they're like, hey, just DM me if you know a family that's struggling, and I'll help. You know, because like there's a ton of people that just aren't getting paychecks. It's crazy. Yeah, it's sad, man. And like. It's awesome the government stepped up to try to help, but nothing in the government moves fast, you know? Well, and it's, I mean, in all all honesty, it's not enough. No, fuck no. It's enough to to buy some time, but it's not enough. Like, I I know unemployment here in Utah, if you apply and get approved, you get 600 a week. Yeah, it's almost incentivized unemployment in a way, in some places. Yeah, but it's like at 600, if you've got a family... And you're a single mom, or you know what I mean, like yeah, I can't imagine that's what not enough. For I can't imagine rent, what you're doing with six hundred bucks. Gas, food, and you know a lot of people who work and are single, they yeah. don't cook, right? You know, so it's like checks can't come fast enough. It's it's something, but it's not everything you need. Yeah, you know, so stay home. 
so we can pass this and people can start working again. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to look at it more, money. and I'm sure we'll dissect it some on Sunday with the boys. But um, I know they're, they're kicking uh, infrastructure bills around, which I think is really important. And, yeah. And that will employ a ton of people, which is a good thing because some of these jobs that went away aren't going to come back right away, you know, because mm-hmm. you're, you're talking about – fully staffed restaurants that are humming, you know, like they're, mm-hmm. they've got their, their revenue coming in like crazy. Um, they're not going to be able to come back full staff. And, right. and I, I don't know if some of these loans that people are saying these businesses can take out, like, Hey, you can take this loan, but you have to, it's contingent upon bringing your people back. Yeah. They may just avoid it altogether because yeah. they're, again, they're not, they're not running full time, you know? Well, I mean, they've got to run the numbers. Right. I mean, and see either way it's a blow. It's business, right? You so, know, I mean, and they're just going to have to determine which blow they're willing to take yeah head down hand on face (laughs) good job babe we're gonna edit that i mean no i really had the best intentions when i said (laughs) we're taking blows love it are you you're not following any of this though are you i don't watch fox if that's what you mean i just mean in general are you reading any articles or anything i do yeah. I do read some, what but it's different from state to state. Yeah. Oh, by the way, if there are any teachers listening. Um, Dude, shout out to the teachers, right? No, I know. They're working so hard. Probably right harder now. right now. Yes. Like, so our state. And largely outside away, of their comfort zones. Like, so our state took away testing, standardized testing and everything. And I don't think people realize that when they do standardized testing, they're really um testing the teachers because are your students listening to what you're saying and right. blah, blah 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 right right and you know they they just assume that teachers are lazy but there are no more standardized testings at least in the state of utah they took it all away there are no mandatory um instructional days now and teachers are working even harder yeah. they're not being tested they're they're not being judged by these tests and they are working harder. It says something about our teachers. Yeah. And you know what I love? So, um, and, uh, Have you heard anything about their pay? Have they been able to keep their pay the same? Yeah, or do they they're take state a cut? employees here. That's right. All of them private, are, aren't they? Uh, not, I don't, I'm not sure about private schools well, private or charter, charter schools. Probably not. But, but um, every teacher here that is in a pu- public school is a state employee. Nice. So, And you know what I love is when they announced, okay, we're going to take a two-week break, they trained all weekend and the kids never lost a day of school never lost a day of school Mm -hmm. they have been like going to school on computers and i like i I looked at california texas uh virginia because i've got some friends there and a couple they i mean i don't know about new york but um they're rolling now oh they are yeah but it's so highly populated you know what i mean like all the states you just mentioned Mm -hmm. the population is astronomical like I mean, man, I can only imagine what it's like for the teachers to get up and yeah. running, you know, the bandwidth that it must take to get these kids yeah. in school. I know it seems like I know they're going, I know they're focusing um, on school. It's shorter duration. So I know like in, in Erica's case, like uh, my nephews, Avery and Pierce are sort of, I think they just leapfrog a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, one goes, then the other goes. Plus it's a computer issue. Not everybody's got fucking, you know, stupid like me and buys a laptop every other year. No, I've only made sure that, if we got anything for the kids, it's during Black Friday. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I I, I definitely like I turn and burn on some laptops and shit. Like you I, do, I just don't like them. You're impatient. Yeah, and you won't. 
instead of working out the problem, you'll go buy a new laptop. Right, but I mean, in this case, it's like, haha, see, like, but it's not, you know. Obviously, I never planned on a fucking pandemic and my kids needing a computer for school. But we have them. <laughs> yeah, we're fortunate. Like, we're lucky. Uh, so I'd, I'd imagine that resources are limited for. But then again, like even these schools here, they were handing stuff out for kids if they needed. They were, it, so. and they had extra, and they go the mile, and they provide lunches and. Um, breakfast yeah. to every child up to 18 years old. Like, and that, and like, I think that's why I'm probably not too stressed out about COVID and having to stay home is because the kids are taken care of. Yeah. Cause that's what I stress about, you know? Yeah. But anyways, back to my point, Reese Witherspoon's clothing company. I forgot what it's like. Dapper something is providing dresses to every teacher out there Oh wow! right now. Yeah, so just go to her website. And I don't know what that is. But if you're a teacher and you know a teacher, let teachers know. That's awesome. I think that's that's amazing. Yeah, and teachers are like chronically underpaid anyways. They're like, underappreciated, underpaid, constantly yeah. ran over. But I mean like our, our teachers, our kids' teachers, like Mark, he like gets to get on there and talk to one in English and Chinese. Like he yes. gets to see both of them mm-hmm. and talk to Every them. Every week, twice it's crazy, a week. Yeah. You know? They're they're committed and I love that. And if they're committed, he will fucking Dude, it takes, be committed it takes, too. I'm just saying it takes a special kind of person to be a teacher for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think a lot of fucking parents are probably realizing that <laughs> right now. And shout out to the parents too, though, because I'm sure it's hard to work and try to focus at your job from home if you're doing it, and then also try to be a semi teacher for your kids. You know, um, in a way, I think. Um, I don't know if they're still advancing, but it maybe happened for our kids late enough in the year where they already have the concepts, you know, mm-hmm. like pretty pretty strong. But I don't know. But they still um, come to us. You, Mama, can you help me with what? Yeah, they don't come to me. <laughs> they're not their their history and some of that stuff in government's not complex enough for them to come to me. Not they, yet. They only come to you for math, and they know better to come to me than anything other than. <laughs> If it's a math question, they don't bother. Anything else? They don't even try. No, they know better. Oh, that's bullshit. But if they want to be on a device, they'll they'll, they'll come right they'll, to you. They'll walk outside, go through the back, and around into the back door to come and find me, rather than. Or ask they'll you. go, "Hi, Daddy." Yeah. Can I, can I like in front of my face yep. after I've already tell, told them? And even after I say yes, they still grab it and sneak well, off. Well, and like Chloe was stand last night, she was standing in our little archway before our bedroom and she had just asked you and she walked out and she looked back at me and i just looked back at her and she put her head down and walked away or like like sometimes like i'll be like yeah i'm fine with it go ask your mother and i'll come i'll come to wherever they are and they'll just be sitting there quietly i'm like you're too scared huh you know like i'm like fuck man stop coming to me for this shit yeah like they don't ask me math questions they'll come they'll come to me like um when it's government and history and stuff you know, maybe English, a little English, but I'm not even that good at English either. So you are a grammar Nazi. She just raised her hand. Grammar Nazi. I wasn't sure if that was okay to say. I mean, there's no FCC on here. We can literally say whatever the fuck we want. America. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we we maintain compliance to no one. I was actually, so the episode I did on Wednesday with Colton, my friend Colton, we named it COVID-19. Oh, you did? I did. I just called it straight up COVID-19. But that's and not what he wanted. I started seeing, um, I started seeing, 
posts, like people's other podcasters, anything that referenced coronavirus was like getting taken down. Like they, really? they weren't publishing episodes with that. And I was wondering if it was going to happen to mine because I got, I got put in personal Facebook jail for, I posted like a article about, a positive article about the government's response and they fucking flagged me. I, don't, I, I mean, saw that. Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. I, don't, I mean, I don't know. Free speech, folks, is just that. It's free. You don't have to fucking buy it when someone puts it out there. But everyone should be allowed to put it out there. It's fucking insane. Except you. <laughs> and what I said, like, even even some, like, lefties that I have on my Facebook came out and were like, yeah, this is stupid. Like, a little surprising, you know, that they would pull something like that down. Because yeah. it was like, a, even my caption was, like, positive and didn't reference anyone. Yeah. You know? It just said leadership in general. Hello. Yeah, it said trust leadership. <laughs> Didn't say any any personal one. What I think a lot of people don't understand is like in emergency management, it starts from the locals and moves up. And like everyone loves to point the finger at um, the federal government and whatever, because like Bush and Obama both got shit on for their responses too. But most of the decisions that are made, like it's not even their call, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean... It, you know, people don't understand how emergency management actually works. Well, and then there's state and federal level. There's a waiting game. They're just Depending brokers. They're just brokers of stuff, does, right? So they're brokers know? of stuff. That's it. They have a big ass bank account. They can afford to buy shit and get it shipped in and get it sent to where it's needed. That's it. That's all they can do. You know, and obviously day to day stuff. There's plenty of people, but like people were butthurt about. They were saying, "Oh, Trump, Trump ruined the CDC pandemic elite pandemic team." No, he didn't. John Bolton did actually. Uh, he is the national security director, and that portion of the CDC fell under him, and he streamlined it. Yeah, they blame Trump. Like, ridiculous. No, people don't understand exactly, like, how all this works. Well, everyone's an expert. Hello. Uh, yeah. Everyone on Facebook is an expert. Google, the Google and Facebook experts in this pandemic have been fucking fun to watch. I mean... I self-diagnose, so I believe in Google. But, I mean, everybody's <laughs> got the answers. You know what I mean? Google has everybody's all the answers. The answers. <laughs> Uh, it's just it's baffling to me. <laughs> Meanwhile, guys like Nate and all these first responders are out there fucking doing their thing, you know, at a at great personal risk. I mean, you look at the numbers in New York City. Yeah. They're, they've got multiple officers sick. They've had a few die. They have physicians dying there now. I mean, some of them might feel like they're dying of overexposure almost, you know, like these are healthy people you're talking about. Well, Actually, doctors and shit, I think, are so stressed out sometimes, like, especially well, in times like this, going. that they're, they're done. You know, yeah. they're, they're compromising themselves. They're overworked. So, I don't know. But. And Gorby's there. Shout out to Gorby. Yeah. And the epicenter of the my whole God, thing. Billy's, like, literally right in the oh, middle of the hottest and, area. And shout out to his wifey, because it's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Billy's wifey. Sorry, we don't know you. I don't know your name. <laughs> so, I met her for, like, 30 seconds. And then she went to watch a baseball game with like her coworkers. I would have done the same thing. Yeah, I'm gonna have to ask him <laughs> what her name is. Shout out to Billy's wifey. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Stay safe. Yeah. Oh, he's. Did you see the message from him today? She got thrown out of her building. What? Yeah, they didn't say who was essential and who wasn't. So everybody's so not I, essential anymore. The way I read the message was that her office, whatever they do, is essential. Mm-hmm. And um. They forgot to tell people, so like they came in and like busted it up. Like, get out of here, you know. Like, sell well, that's them all cool. Home. It's like happy birthday, yeah. go home. But I don't know what I don't know what she does to be honest. So we're gonna have to ask him. 
don't, yeah, I don't know. Oh, boy. This is from my sister. It's just coming in live, guys. Question. If you do have corona, are you immune to getting it again, or can you still get it? You can still get it. You can still get it, but the likelihood of getting it is insanely low. But you could still get it. Yes, you can. You can reinfect. So to answer that question from my sis, um, yes. I mean, the smart thing would be to be home yeah, and not go anywhere. Yeah, so this is something in my business that I do daily I'm a little concerned about because if you send guys out to do certain things and they, they hit um, and then they go back and do it again and they reinfect, um, I don't know if anybody's proven it yet, but there was some talk early on that the reinfection rate is very low, but, but when you do reinfect, severe. it's more severe and thus the mortality rate goes up. Well, so. and then so you work with the National Guard mm-hmm. and a National Guard... Um, individual from New Jersey just passed yeah. with COVID. Right. So, like, I sent you that. I was like, holy crap, we were just talking about this. Yeah, I don't know what that person was doing, but I don't want to see that in the state. Right. So. Right. You know, yeah. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna respond. Ooh. We posted something on the vent about the Philippines. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, did you hear what he said? No, shoot somebody dead. I don't know. I'm just having If a... you're not at home, I will put you in the grave. Ooh. Duterte doesn't fuck around. That guy's mm-hmm. fucking crazy. And I believe him when he says shit like that, well, though. Yeah, you, you because should. what he did to the yeah. drug dealers, anyone. What do you think of Andrew Cuomo's nipple rings? So I finally saw that picture Pretty today. solid, right? Yeah. A little weird, but solid. I, I was like, could those be Band-Aids? Maybe he doesn't want chap nipples. I mean, it's possible that he runs a lot, but it, I it looks pretty distinct as a barbell I wasn't to me. staring that hard. Oh, I, I don't know why everyone was. When it was brought to my attention, they zoomed the picture and circled it. It was pretty obvious. Like, yeah. And then they put a pierced nipple next to it, someone else's. You're like, yeah, that's a pierced nipple. <laughs> I think it's fucking cool. I don't like Cuomo for, at all, but he's old as shit. He's kind of buff, and he's doing a decent job. Like, f- Own it, dude. Fuck it. <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> it's like, I'd like to know how many presidents we've had that had tattoos and shit, you know? But I don't, we probably probably never will. I don't know. All right. Well, if you're out patrolling, thank you. If you're out delivering food, thank you. If you're digitally teaching kids, thank you. Uh, if you're a nurse. Stocking shelves. Stocking shelves. If basically, if you're getting up and still going to work every day, not just like sometimes. And you're in, you have to be in contact with a right. lot of people. Like I joke with people, I literally only have to leave my house once a week. That's not very essential, if you ask me. Um, but there's essential folks out there that are working and keeping this country going, and we thank you for that. We're thinking about you. And if you're listening while you're being like essential as fuck, even bigger shout out. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What do you say, Boo? Got anything else? No, just if you don't have to be out, stay home. Because the longer you're out there, the more exposed these essential people like cops. I would just say like if you do have to go out, find like a secluded trail or something. Find like an area where you can walk, like legitimately walk away from everyone, you know, like that kind of stuff. Like do that kind of shit. Don't be out living your fucking best life and shit with... You know, people that should actually probably be inside. Yeah. Don't be YOLOing. And doing the fucking hypocrisy shit. 
<laughs> hashtag stay home while you're on the beach in Venice. <laughs> like, no. I have friends who you have a picture. It's like hashtag stay the fuck home. And it's them at a waterfall. And there are people behind them taking pictures of the waterfall too. <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> like no. abide by it or don't, but don't be a hypocrite. That's kind of all I would say. But. I mean, we're going out. Well, I'm going out tomorrow. I need to get groceries to feed the fam. Yeah. So... I don't. I never had a day zero really. It's, it keeps going. It starts over for me all the time. All right. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. Keep listening. We love you. We thank you. Proud of you. Hey.